Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It's troubling times, folks. It's troubling times. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. Just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going, and so... Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, cut a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Labanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Man, I don't know if it's this week. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's my general mood. But I find myself troubled. I find myself feeling a bit unstable. Just a lot of, a lot of shakiness going on in the world right now. But I want to get to that in a moment. Because Stone, if possible... Do we have some sort of celebratory wedding music, please? Because our man has arrived. He has returned from his romantic getaway, his honeymoon in the Dominican Republic. It is the newly betrothed Theo Dorsey. Welcome back. Oh, that ring is pretty Uh, sick, actually. Did you see the ring, Stone? Did you see the ring? Look at the ring. A little two-tone, smooth on one side, a little rigid on the other. The beauty and blessings of life. That is legit. It makes you look better, too. Yeah. yeah. No, you look like a badass. More uh, more distinguished. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It um, is a distinguishing yes. feature now yes. of yes. you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I know we've talked off the air, but uh, now so the world knows it. Congratulations. How how was the wedding? How was the honeymoon? Uh, I, I literally, uh, there's a few times in my life where I felt like I'm literally living in the midst of like a movie. Mm-hmm. It felt cinematic. Um seeing all of my loved ones and, and and really just looking into the eyes of my beautiful bride, Ashley. Um, and keep in mind, Ashley doesn't listen to the show, so all, all what he's saying right now is from the heart. Yes, this is real. This is genuine. This is from the depths of my heart, man. It was um, it, it literally felt like an out-of-body experience, but I, I, may, I remained present in it, remained, uh, you know, where my feet were, and it was amazing, man. So uh, it, the honeymoon, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the honeymoon. I mean, we talked to you yeah. once from the honeymoon. By the way, how did did you call on your cell phone or did you have like a satellite phone? You you <laughs> called on the Monday of yeah. your honeymoon after the Super Bowl. How did you how did you make that call from the Dominican Republic? Uh, I used her phone because she had roaming. <laughs> My phone wasn't working. I kept hey, trying. That's a partnership yes. right there. That's marriage, a sacrifice for one another. We are one. <laughs> we are one. So I joked with y'all about that uh hitting my bill. It's really gonna hit her bill. <laughs> So I guess technically our bill Wait, now. Wait, so do you now have joint bank accounts or did you have joint bank accounts previously? Or are you still separate? We're still separate. We're All still right. got to try to figure that out. We're going to try to make the joint bank account thing happen. We have joint credit card accounts. Okay. Separate checking accounts. Okay. Because so, uh, I have separate bank accounts. My wife has access to my bank yeah. account, though. She has access to pretty much everything okay. I have. And Stone, I Stone does not. His girlfriend takes care of all of his money. Do you even have a bank account, or do you just are we just paying you under the table in cash, and then uh, you figure it out from there? When it hits my account, it immediately leaves my account. It goes to, yeah. It's got direct deposit yeah. right to Jess. She yeah. knows what to do with it. Um, before we we dive in here, I want you to know that no fewer than twenty people since you went on your honeymoon have asked me about whether or not there's going to be a kid. Nine months from now. I, I bleep you not. This is not a joke. This is I've real. had no fewer than 20 people yeah. 
after you claimed your your bold prediction for the Super Bowl was going to be that there was going to be a little a little Teddy Jr. Yeah. nine months from now if the Chiefs won on night one of your honeymoon. Yes. You predicted uh, offspring. I've had no fewer than 20 people. It literally is the question I've gotten most. Not FAU, yeah. not anything to do with, with anything NFL. It's been, do you think Theo's really going to have a kid nine months from now? So just know, just yeah. know, there's going to be some questions, some personal questions coming your way from outsiders. All I can say is um, it's all in God's hand now, right? <laughs> it's, it's all, all in, in God's, God's hands. Hand. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. Yep. It's no longer in our hands. It's in God's <laughs> hands. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But what I do know is, I mean, yeah, it was. that's what made the weekend that weekend that much more magical. Is, oh, uh, yeah. You know, well, that, that. Well, yeah. And that, the Chiefs. Sure, right, sure. right, right. But the fact that, you know, again, there was a couple times there. I was a little skeptical. I was a little nervous. She actually uh, went to sleep. At one point during the fourth quarter, it's probably for the like, better. Maybe that's best. Yeah, that's might when be I, for the best. I got up and stood in front of the TV and locked in, and um, it all worked out though. Man. It all worked out. So, so Boy, Theo, was I Theo's riding high. <laughs> yeah, Theo's riding high. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs won, got married, great honeymoon, the entire thing. Um, I I hate to bring him back on this note, but I got to be honest. <laughs> uh oh. I feel troubled. I feel an uneasiness. I, I've, I've woken up each morning this week with a, a sense of impending dread. And I don't mean to be cynical, but there's just a lot going on in the world. You know, we've, we've got war abroad. Uh, we, have, we have senseless shootings. And uh, you, you watch the news, and it's depressing. You open the newspaper for any of you that still do something like that. It's depressing. There's not a lot of good news out there, and I think it's it's weighing on my soul right now. And this extends into sports as well. This extends into sports. And I, I wanted to expand on something we were talking about yesterday, Stone, and there's a lot to be troubled about in sports right now. There's, there's troubling times. But I got to say, as a big college football fan and as someone who makes a pretty sizable paycheck because of college football I'm uneasy about the direction we're going in Mm -hmm. when it comes to head coaches in college football at the division one level Theo leaving their posts to go take assistant jobs at the same division one level it's unprecedented we've never seen a rash like this before Willie Simmons fam you right Stone that's what right. a run he had at Florida A&M. Seriously, yeah. though. He ends up leaving his Division I head coaching job after much success to go work under Manny Diaz at Duke as the running backs coach, correct? He's the running backs coach at Duke. Bingo. Running backs coach. Then, then we find out yesterday that Georgia State has had to suspend its spring practice because their head football coach has decided that he's leaving Sean Elliott to go and take over the tight ends, right? The tight ends at South Carolina. Yep. Mm. He's going to another Division I program as a Division I head coach, but he's going to like mid-tier SEC to become a position coach. Not a coordinator, but a position coach. But maybe arguably the craziest in this two weeks of college football insanity is Chip Kelly, UCLA, UCLA head coach, proud football tradition there with the Bruins at UCLA. Hell, they play in the damn Rose Bowl, okay? 
Chip Kelly, UCLA head coach, he leaves his head coaching job at UCLA to take over the offensive coordinator job in the same conference now at Ohio State. That's quite literally one of the most insane career moves I've ever seen in college football. I Stone, what is this thing you keep promising me audio-wise, talking about Chip Kelly? So it's Ethan Garbers, their former starting quarterback. Let me not even say former, their current starting quarterback. Will he be UCLA you're talking about? UCLA. Is he, is he, is he up for the job this year? Yeah. Is he, he going to be a quarterback competition, or is he a shoe-in to win it? No, he's a shoe-in. Okay. He's a shoe-in. He finished the season. I think he played eight straight to, to end the season. And what's his name again? Ethan Garbers. Ethan Garbers. He had thoughts on his now former head coach, Chip Kelly, yeah. leaving in conference, in the Big Ten, to take over the offensive coordinator position at Ohio State. Here's Ethan Garbers. The biggest thing, he, he said it up there when he was uh, talking, but about having fun. I mean, not like under Coach, that, under Coach Kelly that we didn't have fun, but, you know, there was just, it, it was more of a job than, than playing football. And, you know, Coach Foster wants to get back to, to playing football and, and having fun while you're doing it. And God, yeah, the players couldn't be more excited about that. So, Deshaun Foster, former UCLA greatest, the new head coach, Ethan Garber's talking about him and saying, hey, we want to get back to having fun. He can say all he wants. Not that it wasn't fun under Chip Kelly, but sounds like it wasn't fun yeah. under Chip Kelly. Not like a miserable time the way he talks about it. Right, right. So, I'm having a hard time rationalizing all of this because... To me, this has nothing to do with the transfer portal or the NIL. And I saw several college football media members yesterday upon Sean Elliott's announcement that he was leaving for South Carolina saying, oh, in a discussion with Sean Elliott a couple of months ago, he said that life at Georgia State was going to be even more difficult with the NIL and with the transfer portal and all of these things. This isn't a discussion about that at all, in the slightest. This is a discussion about financial disparity in college football and why that sport is being ripped apart at the seams. The power conferences run everything. The NCAA has ceded all control to the power conferences, the university presidents, the conference commissioners, and the TV networks. The result here is that now you have a power vacuum where only eight or nine schools are financially robust enough to pay the biggest salaries, to pay the biggest NIL, and by extension, then only eight or nine schools have any chance any given year to win the national championship championship in college football if you're a college football fan you should look at that and say holy hell this is a massive problem and this really invalidates the sport and that's where i'm struggling most with this college football is being invalidated it already and theo you've heard me say this yeah. stone you've heard me say this it already drives me crazy because as much as i love college football it is the only sport on the planet the only sport on the planet where the way it's constructed eliminates teams at its highest level from winning the national championship. In baseball, yeah, you could have teams that suck. Or in soccer, you could have teams uh, in the Premier League that can spend away, spend away. You'll never have a lower-level team at their highest level win the title, uh, realistically. But the system is set up for them to be able to do that. In college basketball, you have a 68-team tournament. One of those little tiny schools that gets into the tournament, they are in the big dance. They have an opportunity to make a run and win the national championship. In college football, if you're not a Power 5 school, 
you don't have a chance to win the national championship. Your national championship is playing in a pre-Christmas bowl game. You'll never be considered for the national championship. But then, now, at the Power 5 level even, it's been reduced to about eight or nine teams that have the resources to, to, to even compete for a national championship because of the money being thrown around and because of the way that it's all risen to the top and only the elite of the elite are, are benefiting from it now. And now we see head coaches. I mean, Jesus, you've made it if you're a head coach at the Division One level. This isn't D2, D3 making the leap to D1. This isn't Lance Leopold, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater going to Buffalo, then going to Kansas. This is Chip Kelly, UCLA, going to work under Ryan Day in his own conference at Ohio State. This is Sean Elliott, Georgia State, leaving to go to a middle-of-the-pack SEC school as a position coach. This is a problem, and college football is dying a slow, painful death, and I hate it, but it's troubling me so much, and it's really coming to a head now. Uh, Ken, wasn't Washington just in the national championship game? They were. And then last year, wasn't TCU also in the national championship game? They were. And didn't we just shift this thing from the 14 playoff to 12 teams to invite more teams in Mm -hmm. to give them a shot, Mm -hmm. similar to the 68 team tournament Mm -hmm. in men's college basketball and women's college basketball? We did. We there there are certain things to counterbalance what you're talking about and counterattack it. But I and then what happened to that Washington coach? (laughs) He went to one of the teams and had an eight or nine team vacuum. Well, 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 but. That means that there there is still room for teams like the Washington Huskies or the TCU Horned Frogs or even before that, like the one-offs in Auburn that can still make a push for a national championship. All of those schools you're naming are Power 5 schools. But you said eight or nine schools. What, what's the, what's the, I still think even with a 12-team playoff, fine, okay. There's 12 like teams who teams. can win it. There's 12 teams that can win it, and that leaves 150 schools in college yes. football that have no chance of winning a national championship. Now, you don't have to budge talking yeah. about 12 teams. There's going to be nine, right? Because the uh, 10, 11, 12 is going to be James Madison, Tulsa, and whoever the hell else <laughs> who squeaks in because they won their conference. <laughs> the, the, the power all consolidating at the top of the top of the top of the top is so problematic. And you know what coaches are going to do is blame NIL, transfer portal, NIL, transfer portal. No, it's the TV networks. It's the conferences. It's the money grab. It's all of that. Forget for a moment whether we think it's eight or nine teams or 12 teams. The fact of the matter is 85% of Division One college football is quite literally not eligible to compete for a national championship. And it's only getting worse. There's no improvement. And this is lipstick on a pig, this 12-team playoff. I embrace it because I think it's better to have more in college football, but only because I'm desperate to see something expand, even by the slightest, to give an opportunity. I would still argue that technically it feels more realistic to me that like a, I don't even want to throw a school out there, but like a Tulane can win a national championship in the next decade than any time in my lifetime before. Now, is it going to happen? I would I would say no. But think about it. Tulane, they got a crack at it, the, the consolation prize, the group of five, yeah. New Year's Day. They were the best group of five team two years ago. Went and won on New Year's Day. Beat Caleb Williams and USC. Did we ever consider Tulane to play for the national championship? Absolutely not. They got a USC team that was checked out, didn't care anymore. That was the big thank you to Tulane. But now the argument can be made for the Tulanes of the world that just like Stone said, the 9, 10, 11, 12 spots, if you're able to get in on that automatic bid, then you have the same chance that a team in the men's college basketball tournament that we love and praise because of 
the chance of parity, it gives you that. I think the real problem isn't just the fact that they're not going to be able to get into the tournament or the 12-team playoff. There's just the, the talent disparity between those two lanes of the worlds and the Alabamas of the worlds is still going to be so sizable that it's not going to matter. Like, But at no point in college football has it ever felt like, even like when Texas Tech was good, that they could win a national now, championship. Let me ask you, so is a team like Ole Miss included in your vacuum to win a national championship as far as contenders go? I, I suppose they're on the periphery, but because they've got an they elite can. head coach. They've got a top 10 head coach in the country. Correct. So if we're talking about parity. Again, we're talking the SEC. Right. Man. And I figured like, you we were going to pull here? the trump card in the SEC. But I'm saying a team and, like and again, Ole what Miss. Happened, to your example, what happened to Tulane's head coach? Well, yeah, he went to Houston. The, he's yeah. in the he's in the Big Twelve now. Theo, I argued all day yesterday, or at least my main argument against Ken and what he was saying, and I, I don't agree with him at all when it comes to this kind of stuff. I said that if you go around the room and you look at guys like Kalen DeBoer, if you look at Sean Elliott and Willie Simmons, if you were to ask these guys five, ten years ago what they wanted to be doing in coaching in twenty twenty four, Kalen DeBoer would be like, "Hey, if I had an opportunity to coach Alabama, I'm doing it, regardless of what era of college football, regardless of what the landscape looks like." Willie Simmons. Ideally, didn't want to finish his career in the FCS at FAMU. But Sean Elliott didn't want to finish his career at Georgia State. So, like, these guys are going to where they wanted to end up and where they had aspirations and goals to land, and here they are. It's just now the landscape looks a little different. I just look at this. You're a Division One head coach, and Sean Elliott's had, had moderate success at Georgia State. He's been to bowl games. He's competed for Sun Belt championships. In my world, when you're a head coach at the D1 level, you're running a program, and then you're going to take over the tight ends coach, a position coach at South Carolina, like maybe I'd give you an Alabama. Maybe I'd give you a Texas or a Texas A&M. But South Carolina, like what are we doing here? And then Chip Kelly, never have we seen in a major college football conference a head coach leave to go take an assistant job in the same conference. That's unprecedented, and that is a discussion about financial disparity and nothing else. And that's why college football is so vastly flawed that I'm having a hard time taking it seriously anymore. The Chip Kelly one is hard to argue against. Because it's insane. Uh, yeah, I didn't even I couldn't understand it when the headline came across. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, this is serious. Did something go on? Is there going to be some recruiting violations or something about to be levied on uh, UCLA? But it just seems like what you said. It's, it, it felt like a better opportunity for him. I, I just, I don't know if this sullies the college football experience for me as much as it does for you, just because I have never, like in my whole entire 30 years of living, as much as I have had my peaks and valleys with my love and hate for college football, I've never felt like the field was wide open to all 180 or 200 teams or whatever. It's like, because it's what you know. It yeah. doesn't mean that that's what's right. I'm with you. It feels impossible, though. It feels impossible. So, but this is why, I mean, Stone, you've heard this, Theo, I've told you this as well, why my grand plan to fix college football should be put into effect. It just takes group of five schools, university presidents, and ADs to grow some some stones and say, you know what? We're not going to put up with it anymore. We're sick of the Michelin Tire Bowl being our national championship game in Chile, Mobile, Alabama. What we're going to do is the group of five. We're going to break away from the power schools. They're the ones who are hogging all the TV money and they're doing their own thing and hiring 9 million member staffs and building statues of themselves outside their stadium. Let them do whatever they're going to do. Let's create our own division. 
and play for our own national championship. Me, my sensibilities is the play-by-play voice of FAU. As an FAU football fan, Florida Atlantic can go undefeated. No matter what their schedule is, they are never going to be considered to play for college football's national championship like their basketball program is 40 minutes away from a year ago, okay? That's not possible. So pump the brakes. It's not possible. It's impossible for Florida. It's not impossible. No, if Florida Atlantic, it is is quite literally impossible. So if they ran the table and went undefeated, they wouldn't make the college football playoff? James Madison almost did it right this season. Right, I know, but I'm talking about with the new college football mm-hmm. playoff. Name format. it since the group of five was given a place in the New Year's Day Bowls. Which group of five school was even in the discussion? Not even the vaunted UCF. Ah, we beat Auburn. We're the national champions. Not even they were in the serious discussion to go play in the actual I, big boy national championship. I don't game. think it happens, but I do think. By the technical, aren't there auto bids for the highest group of five team, the highest ranked group of five team? Mm-hmm. As far as the twelve team playoff, yes, goes? good, good. One concession yes. for one group of five team well, to get a chance to win a national championship. Is, awesome. It's different to say impossible versus improbable. It is improbable, but it's not. It's literally not impossible. There's literally a road for that now, but it just would be so improbable to make that happen that you would have to climb mountains to make that happen. I would much rather have a it's Flo- possible. I would much rather have Florida Atlantic with a legitimate opportunity to make a 32 team field as a group of 5 college football team in a group of 5 playoff or a 16 yeah. team field the FCS than, is 24. than the point a uh, 24 team field than the point zero 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 one percent chance that FAU could maybe get in to the actual college football expanded field. I'm not gonna those are my here. sensibilities playing the numbers here. And I hear you loud and clear and I'm not gonna sit here and say I wouldn't like slash watch uh G five national championship. I would. I would it's love something it. to play for. I would almost that's the whole point. I think I think as a player though, if I went to school and let's just use James Madison for instance. If I did go to James Madison and I did make a deep run to the G five national championship game and lost it or won it, like I don't it's almost degrading in a in a sense, right? We're not actually competing where the the little brother and it's how the FCS gets treated or it's how these kids All right, feel. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You have to go to Baltimore to play in the Crab Bowl, and it's 22 degrees, and you get up there, and uh, you've got a bunch of guys who decide, you know what, I'm going to save myself for the for the draft. Uh, so you go up there, and you're playing with a tight end as your quarterback, like Syracuse did at the Boca Raton Bowl, and that's your reward. You get there three days early. You're dressed in coats. You go crack a couple of crabs at a local restaurant. Yeah. You eat them up. Uh, then you hit a pinata or two, and then you go to practice in the freezing cold, and then you go play a freezing cold game on rock-hard turf, and then they give you a chintzy little trophy, a bronze crab on top of a, uh, a wooden stanchion, you raise it in the air, you say, yay, you get back on your plane, and that's it. That's what you played for as opposed to a real-life actual championship. You tell me that's cool, that's good, good times? I mean, yeah, you got that one. I mean, come I, and, on, And dude. I think for your argument, Theo, you got to show us first. It's easy to talk about right now, but until – because what's going to happen is this 12-team playoff will come, and right, that 8 seed is going to play the 1 seed or whatever it is, and they will get beat just like Georgia beat TCU or whatever it was, right, 67 to 14. Like, that's going to happen – and then people on Ken's side who are arguing what Ken's arguing are going to be like, yeah, we got to fix well, this. Or this didn't fix anything. It's possible, though. Like, we literally had a group of five team that had a chance to win a national championship in the past five years. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen, but it was possible. 12 teams in will ultimately change recruiting in the sense of, hey, let's build this team. And if we get in, we got ourselves a chance. And these teams will be able to recruit higher rated kids because 
hey, all we got to do is win the conference and we can get in and we're going to take a crack at Michigan. Like, that's what's going to happen. Coaches will start using that in recruiting. I mean, I suppose. I mean, the Miami Hurricanes are going to be in the 12-team playoff this year. I think that's a lock. Okay. I wow. suppose I suppose that uh, we could possibly, by the end of humanity, put a man on Pluto. Okay? <laughs> I suppose there's a possibility. It's not impossible, but I suppose that there's a probability. All I know, all I'm hearing from this is I think Theo hates the little guy. Theo's anti-little guy. Theo likes the status quo. Status Theo, right I'm a, there. I'm a big little guy guy. <laughs> a big little guy a guy. A big little guy guy. A medium-sized guy. A medium-sized yeah. guy. Uh, something in sports <laughs> you find yourself continuously troubled by. Me, it's the state of college football. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by, and for me, it's college football. When you have power five head coaches leaving to become coordinators in their own conference, that's messed up, man. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Get it off your chest. Let's make sure that we have clear conscious consciences going to the weekend. There we go. Yeah. Clean your conscience going into the weekend. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Theo's back. He gives his when we come back. Stone gives his when we come back. And we are in on a Friday. 888-760-3776. That is Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken Levick Theo and Stone ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Bill message is in. Ken, why are you wearing so many Dolphins things? Well, Bill, why the hell not, Bill? Why the hell not? It's because the team's been done for well over a month. Doesn't mean I'm not repping them. Seemed like a good day. You couldn't ask Bill? a more specific question? Like, hey, because I'm a fan, Bill. Yeah. Like, what else do you want me to say? Oh, I don't know, Bill. Because I want to. Theo, I forgot. Who um, who the Chiefs play first round of the playoffs? Oh, those Miami Dolphins. It was so cold. It was cold. I really wish they could have played uh, in a temperate environment. Yeah. It was cold. I, I do I'll think give you that. I do think it's worthy, not, not of a segment, oh, but no. I mean, we're not going to do it. It's too late, but like. What could have been no. if the Dolphins had home playoff games? All it took, all oh it took was hang, holding off the Bills. That's all it took. Like exactly, all you it took. you beat the Bills. <laughs> I was all talking. And you're you're hosting playoff games uh, in the sunny South Florida weather. I think things could have been a lot different. Kind they, of. Yeah. That's why they call them Temperate Tua. Yeah. Mm, wow. <laughs> temperate Tua. Temperate Tua. Have you just started that, or is that new? No, I just started that. I, I will just say, made that up right now, actually. I will say, uh, Dolphins fans, I. I uh, I made the mistake of wearing my Chiefs shirt on the way back into uh, Fort Lauderdale Airport. And Dolphins fans were actually really nice to me. In fact, one of the TSA agent guys really helped me and uh, Ashley out through the line and stuff. And he started off the conversation with, like, screw the Chiefs, uh, go Fins. And then he ended up helping us out a lot. See, so much love to the Dolphins we're fans. A, we're a kind people. Yeah. Uh, kind people. Oh, you may be wondering, how, how does Bill know Ken's wearing Dolphin stuff? Well, because now you can watch us on YouTube, ESPN West Palm Baby. Play on YouTube, and all of our colorful glory right here on YouTube. In fact, I'm looking at me as we speak, and you don't have to. You can listen to ESPN 106.3, tap in, but just know there's a YouTube option now as well, ESPN West Palm Play. Show them that so ring, Theo. Come hang with us. Oh, yeah, put that ring oh, up okay. to the camera Two there, toes. too. Shout 
lot of See, this is what you're missing, though. Dude. If you're not watching us on YouTube, you're not seeing the beautiful okay. wedding band now that Theo Dorsey is spo- oh, okay. uh, sporting. That is high High class Ooh. stuff. I do uh, a little spin thing now. I'm yeah, like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna do that a lot now. I still yeah. do that all the time, and I've been uh, married for a long time. It just automatically happened too. I didn't mean to, for that to sound as like dreaded as yeah, I was like, I've been married for a long yeah. the old bowling chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today baptist health orthopedic care as offices conveniently located in palm beach county through the florida keys learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho some breaking news please some breaking news stone please on this friday breaking news on espn 1063 is brought to you by st lucie battery and tire that's right if your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues get it fixed right right now at st lucie battery and tire all right boys adam Schefter reporting raiders quarterback jimmy garoppolo being suspended two games for violating the nfl's performance enhancing substances policy league sources told espn The policy violation is related to him using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption per sources. Wow. What is that, Adderall? I don't know. Let's recklessly speculate. (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. But hey, why does it matter when you have Aiden O'Connell? AOC. Is he going to start like another game in the NFL? He will, right? Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because the Raiders are done with him. They don't want to pay him. No. What if it's like hormonal, like bone, cheek structure He's stuff. just doing it for, oh. for his personal appearance. He was just yeah. worried about the brand. Right. And it had something in it that, you know, obviously. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. It to all I of us, the guy. Happens. It sure does happen to all of us. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, as if it mattered, uh, suspended two games. My bold prediction, we're not going to notice he's gone. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to notice. It's yeah. it's the least consequential uh, substance abuse policy violation maybe in NFL history. Still looks good, though. You got that going for you, Jimmy. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. Me, it's the state of college football with head coaches leaving for assistant jobs at the same level of college football. It's a travesty. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And social media at KLV 1063. 888-760-3776. Theo, I hate to be bothersome to you yeah. as you come back from some of the happiest days of your life. Think about it. This guy got married, had the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and then... Uh, was on his honeymoon, all of those, I mean, the key components of that all were within a 72-hour span. Yeah. I mean, it's truly incredible the run that this man's been on, and I'm sucking him into uh, a a situation where I need him to to tell me what's troubling him. I don't know if anything's troubling him, but I know if he searches deep enough oh, into yeah. the recesses of his sports mind, there's something there. And if I know Theo well enough, he's going to take what's troublesome and find a way to look at it from a glass-half-full perspective. He's going to reverse psychology as well. Oh. That's good. That's you know what? That's the that's that's what I hope happens. Theo, what's what's troubling you most from a sports standpoint? Well, it's funny you say that, Stone. Um, because you're right. I, I have, have been feeling a lot more full of joy and optimism, and I'm coming off of like the best days of my life. And 
I think the thing that's most troubling me in sports today is, and I, I hesitate to say this because it's almost the essence of our very job. We do this on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. But the constant comparisons instead of enjoying and witnessing and embracing greatness. Comparison is the, the true thief of joy. I love this. And Is and that a every, saying or did you just make that up? That's a saying. It's a, oh, I okay. think it's a variation of the saying, but I, it, comparison, the thief of joy, it's like a, okay. it's a common, common thing. Okay. But comparison is mm. the thief of joy, and I do feel like, again, we don't, we don't even wait until seconds after Patrick Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl. Tom Brady. To start trying to compare him to Tom Brady or compare him to Michael Jordan he's or in, compare he, him to jo, Joe I, Montana. I mean, he's in the neighborhood of, of Tom Brady. I still believe that. Patrick it, Mahomes is in the neighborhood of Tom Brady. He's a more dynamic quarterback than Tom Brady. True, true, right? The legacy is, is there, that troubling? Right? No, but I think it's fact. The problem is now people who love Tom Brady or people who hate Patrick Mahomes, instead of them Correct. just enjoying this Super Bowl run and embracing what they were able to do against the 49ers on that Sunday, now they're over here pulling up stats and doing stat comparisons and looking at legacy numbers and, and talking about, well, Mahomes didn't do this. Well, he has this coach, that player. How about we just accept and appreciate what's going on right now? And I think the problem with it is, again, maybe it's always been like this. Maybe it was like this in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, You realize whatever. what you're describing is the premise of sports talk radio. I know, or how and you that's make why a I paycheck. hesitate to say it. But this, this is what I truly mean, too, though. Last night, Caitlin Clark for the Iowa Hawkeyes becomes the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history, and she does it by pulling up from the logo. She dropped 49 on the Michigan Wolverines. She's one of the most electrifying and fun players to watch, regardless of sport, regardless of gender. And immediately, matter of fact, let's take a listen to Caitlin Clark from the logo. On legendary broadcast network Peacock. Yes. Last night. This is Caitlin Clark setting the all-time women's college basketball scoring record from 40 feet. Mm. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? For history. Just wanted to hear that net. Bangs it in from the logo. The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. A great moment. That is the most sensational. I mean, theatrical. Like, she pulled up. And it was in the first, first, what, five minutes of the game? Literally. Yeah. She she had 23 in the first quarter. It it is incredible to be able to experience something like that and celebrate something like that. Whether you hate Caitlin Clark or love her, whether you were a fan of that LSU team that beat Iowa last year, or you were a fan of the Hawkeyes that were sad and sorrowed by everything that went on and all that ugly discourse we had last year, I'm glad it's behind us. Why can't we as a sports collective come together and just celebrate her making an incredible moment and dropping 49 points in doing so and, and getting the win, but instead... All of the headlines and the tweets and the commentary around this is Caitlin Clark is the greatest college basketball player of all time. No, she's not because she hasn't won a ring yet. Well, what about Cheryl Swoops? Well, what about, you know, uh, uh, Cynthia Cooper? What about Brianna Stewart? What, what about, about Cheryl Miller? How could Cheryl you? Miller, I, I, I mean. See, yeah. I'm mad now. <laughs> I'm Swoops. mad. If we're talking about great women's college basketball players, what about Cheryl Miller, Theo? Cheryl Miller. Candace Parker. Now we're bringing all these oh, names no, up. No, and, no, no, no. I disagree. Candace, Candace Parker's good, but let's just, let's just chill out. Her, she had a she had a hell of a What about Maya Moore? Maya Moore. The, Lisa Diana Leslie. Tarassi. But yeah. look at, see, and look at exactly what happened. Lobo. Look at what's happening. 
Instead of us being like, this is good, though. This is good. I don't know what you're complaining (laughs) about. This is good. This is sports talk right here. Just naming names of women's college basketball players (laughs) that we know. It's good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just, to me, it does feel like time and time again, we don't spend enough time appreciating these things. As somebody who didn't really get to grow up, I was, you know, I was born in 93. I didn't get to grow up and experience the Jordan era like you were able to. And you did it in Illinois, Ken. Uh, like, uh, yeah, 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 in the Chicago area. I imagine that had to feel so heart-fulfilling and, and, and welcoming. And yeah. it was fun. It was a great experience. But what, it, it's that want, upbringing that makes me defend MJ to the death. I know. Which is the essence of what we're doing. And, and honestly, the whole point of me getting into sports talk radio was to defend MJ. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. You that watched it. That's the only said. reason. I'm here right now. MJ needs a defender. Yeah. Nobody could defend him in the 90s. Always. And then it extrapolated into me defending other things yeah. like the Dolphins and Tua. But it, first and foremost, at my core, it's the defense of MJ. Well, that's what troubles me most right now in sports is that we don't find enough time. We don't even hesitate long enough. I, at least back then, I feel like the day after the Super Bowl, the day after you break a record, we're celebrating you, right? And then maybe a couple days later, we start comparing, comparing you to who and saying that you're not up to this uh, par or whatever, like... Those conversations can wait. I, I think we don't take enough time to breathe, enjoy the moment before we immediately start trying to poke holes at people's greatness. Want to know why I know for, uh, Theo's a fraud? I posted to Instagram my point, my angle, <sighs> my take on Andy Reid being a better coach than Bill Belichick. Yeah. What was it? The day after the Super Bowl, as Theo mm-hmm. specifically pointed out. Guess who left a comment? On that post, saying, Ken knows ball. (laughs) Theo, from the Dominican Republic, on his honeymoon, went out of his way to tell me I know ball because he agreed with my point after the Super Bowl. Again, that's the timeline he used about me making a declaration immediately that Andy Reid, full body of work, better than Bill Belichick, better coach. Theo, your thoughts? I was drunk. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Had some tequila. In. I was full of tequila, mimosas, um, rosé. Had a lot of rosé. And I'm, I was probably a couple bottles of wines in. I was riding high off the emotions. I was drunk. All right. That's actually really well done, Ken. And because it speaks to how, well, it speaks to Theo's point, but so hip, hypocritical in a sense because he talked about, okay, so if you. Love Tom Brady and hate Patrick Mahomes. You're going to jump all over the conversation. So for Theo's sake, it's him hating Bill Belichick. Not that he hates Bill Belichick, uh-huh. but hates Bill Belichick and loves Andy Reid. So it's convenient for him to jump in on that conversation and say, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, here's, but- what's, here's what's happening now. His honeymoon made him soft. Yeah, he yeah. spent he spent yeah. a week. I don't know. Of the highest of highs emotionally. I think there were times when he was. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hard. Okay, all right, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, chill out, man, chill out, chill out, man, just chill out, Uh, but all I'm saying, (laughs) chill out, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that he's, he's, he's sort of in a a spiritual period, if you will, right now, he is hit the highest level of his being, he's enlightened right now, and the problem is, he's lost his edge, so what we need to do is pull him back into the abyss, Yes, and that, that journey has started today. It might take a little bit, but we'll get him there. I, Don't and worry. I'll, I'll say this too: it. <laughs> you're right. We'll get him there. You're right. You you counted me out for being hypocritical, but mm-hmm. it's not. Again, it's something that troubles me. It's something that troubles me that we compare so right. often and we do this thing back and forth. You never said you weren't a part of the problem. I'm li- that's why I oh, said okay. I hesitate to say. So this it. is I more self-realization. Money. Oh, yeah. I I, I literally. My paychecks come in because I do the exact thing I'm talking about 
what is wrong with, with our sports you're, discourse. You're yeah. contributing I'm to... I'm part of the monster, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're contributing to the stain on sports society, yes. if you will. Yeah. How, okay. how annoying Theo was, and I know you saw this, and Ken, I know you saw this as well, it was first take the day following the Super Bowl, Monday morning, ban. They run it on the banner. Who's closer to the GOAT? Is it Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady, or is it LeBron James right. to Michael Jordan? Yeah. We had That's that a great question. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's a God. superb question. What are we doing here? That's a bad question. That's a terrible question. Daddy needs health insurance. Stop trying to knock off my career. Okay? Stop it. Uh, Ed, uh, by the way, something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. Something in sports you find yourself continuously troubled by. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Or you can comment watching the show on YouTube. Ed says, Tiger's back spasms. Uh, Tiger gets back to the Genesis Invitational yesterday. What does he immediately do? Well, he birdied first, but then he's hitting shanks into the trees, and now he has back spasms. We can't have we can't have any nice things with Tiger. We just can't. I hate it. There were some shanks in there. That shank was all. It wasn't just one. It was a few others too. Jesus, man. Uh, he did birdie one, which is the easiest yeah, he hole in the, the golf first course. One. Right, easiest hole in the golf course. But now his but. back hurts again. And is he even playing today? Did he withdraw yet? That's a good question. I think we should probably know that. <sighs> Let me figure it out, all right? You know who is hitting less and less shanks every single time he hits the course? Come on now. Theo Dorsey, who I know played golf on the honeymoon, and I know that Kaiser Golf is getting his game right. Come on. Theo, why don't you tell him about it? Coach Pete, I'm going to see you tomorrow, Coach. All right? Be ready for me. Be ready because I'm coming in inspired, enlightened, Ready to ready to finally get that birdie in 2024. Just don't happened. ask him to debate anything in sports. Apparently, no, no, don't don't do that. Jesus, man! And at the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center, you don't spend time wasting your words debating sports <laughs> and comparing who's better than this guy and who's better than that guy. This man came back hating sports talk. I can't believe it. You just line them up and you play some golf. The Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center, they have the facilities, but more importantly, they have the coaches you need. Indoor training, outdoor training. And um, my latest lesson with Pete, we talked about the think box. We talked about letting go of any distractions and striking the ball. Um, I missed the lesson where we were supposed to bring out the driver, so I'm still not good off the tees yet. But I'm, I'm waiting on you, Pete, to get me right on the tees. And then also, we all know my nickname. All right. We all know my nickname. It's John Schmoltz, all right? I'm the Schmoltzy of the Greens because oh, of how well I am at pitching. You like that, right? Yeah, I thought it was a black lefty, though. Black lefty is also part of there. It's, okay. it's in there. It's baked in. I only bring that one out when I'm really on my game, you oh, know, okay. when I'm really feeling it. But That's I'm, like your highest power. Yes, yes. When I'm black lefty, I do, don't get out there with me. You'll lose money. <laughs> um, you'll lose money going wow. against me. And you'll only start to feel more of that pain as I continue to grow my game with the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center. Um, I go weekly, Saturday mornings. It's easy for me. Work on the game. Uh, the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center has a 2,000-square-foot indoor training facility, private bays, perfect ball flight technology. Um, you get to really learn and train like a pro. The Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center, right in the heart of Palm Beach County, off I-95 and the Turnpike. And to find out more, visit kaisergolfcenter.com. Theo is back. He now hates sports talk, apparently. But I'm hitting him straight. He's hitting him straight. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, yeah, Caitlin Clark, her record last night, that was a big-time moment, hitting a three from 40 feet. 
What about other milestones that were epic? We'll relive it when we come back. That's Theo, that's Stone. I'm Ken Levick at Theo and Stone, ESPN 106.3. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. All right, I found out in the break that Theo has a story from his honeymoon that me, if I was me, I would have immediately just cut me off in a hypothetical to tell this story. So that hasn't happened yet. Uh, So I just found out from Theo the best story of his honeymoon. He'll tell it in just a second, because I told him now, now yeah. that he disclosed it to me, he's got to tell the story. Uh, let me tell you about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. See, I don't keep secrets. I'm telling you, the best postgraduate sport management degree out there is the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Don't just take it from me, though. Though, I'd appreciate it if you took it from me. Number one in the nation in postgraduate sport management degrees, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, and number 10 in the world according to sport business. So, hey, I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you how good they are. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. I guess what all that means is this is your path into the sports industry. You want a job in sports? You want to work your dream job in sports? The way to do that is is to get your MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. And uh, they have so many success stories. I've met so many over the years. They've been doing it since the year 2000. And uh, they have the best Rolodex, the best curriculum, the best preparation, the best connections. It's all part of it. They know how to play the game. They know how to get you employed, whether it's local sports, whether it's college sports, whether it's pro sports, network sports, agencies, the entire thing. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I swear to God, Theo just meets people. I'm not surprised. He's got a magnetic personality, this Theo Dorsey. He's pretty. Listen to this story. Listen to this story from Theo about who he damn near went on a double date with, who was he was chopping it up with, who wanted to spend time with him and his now wife, Ashley, at the resort they were staying at, the Dominican Republic. Theo, you've got to tell Stone this story. Yeah, it, it, uh, it kind of was surreal as it was happening. Um but, you know, so we went on our mini moon to this place called Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic in La Romana. It was beautiful. One of the most elegant places I've ever stayed. I felt like I was literally living in luxury. And I soon found out why mm. when I realized the other types of people that come and vacation and visit here. And I realized it most solidified on Valentine's Day night. Um, we had this uh, the concierge person named Sergio. What up, big Serge? Sergio was like the the greatest, one of the greatest dudes I've ever met. Never, never saw him anything less than electric and excited and happy and full of joy. And he also was helping us, you know, hand and foot. He, he never let anything, you know, at every moment he's checking on us every other hour. Like, hey, what do y'all need? Right. What can I do for you? He was taking us on our Valentine's Day night um, dinner. You know, he's taking us to our date. So as we were getting into the shuttle, Sergio comes over. He opens up the door. He lets us in. He's super polite. Everything is just super energetic and happy as always. I, I I escort Ashley in. We sit down. We're ready to go. And as Sergio's closing the door to the shuttle to take us, he sees somebody. And he immediately hops out of the shuttle and he runs over them. And I look at Ashley and I'm like, I, 
we're both like confused. We're like, what's going on? Is there a problem? He runs over to this couple that's getting into a golf cart because at this resort, it's such a you know vast place that everybody gets a golf cart mm-hmm. so you can get around from place to place. At night, you don't want to really drive the golf cart out because obviously there's cars out there as well. And depending on how far you have to go, it's a little dangerous. Right, right, right. So Sergio sees this couple getting into a golf cart and he runs over there to them. He talks to them for about 45 seconds or so. Ashley and I are looking at each other in the, in the uh, car thinking like, what's happening here? And then Sergio starts making his way back over to us. And we see the couple in the golf cart looking at us through, you know, the, the glass. And Sergio walks over, opens the door and says, hey, guys, look, I'm so sorry. Don't want to trouble you at all. I know it's y'all special date night. He says, he looks at me, he says, Theo, that's Alfonso Soriano. He and his wife need a ride. They're going to the same exact restaurant as you all tonight. And I don't want them driving that golf cart to it. Alfonso Soriano. Yes. New York Yankee legend. Yes. All-star. Second baseman turned outfielder. That Alfonso Soriano. So just hanging out with Theo in the shuttle in the Dominican Republic. Immediately, my thought was Sergio was going to kick us out of the van. I thought, I'm thinking, you know, you got this $100 million man over here. You know you're going to get a great tip from this dude. I might be able to give you 10 cents out of my pocket. You know, like, you know, this is, is there's levels to this. So I'm thinking he's going to kick us out the van. He's like, do you mind if they join y'all? So then Alfonso Soriano and his wife. Seven-time All-Star. Wow. Yes. They walk over to the shuttle. No, hold on, pause. So are you acting as if you know who he is? I know who Alfonso Soriano is. Oh. Yes, for sure. Okay. Did you now, know him by looking at him or did you need to be introduced to him? I wouldn't have known him by looking at him. I would have known he was a baseball player because I he has a very distinct look. He just is a lot bulkier to, nowadays. Like, oh, I remember a black man in the Dominican Republic. How racist of Theo did. Oh, that must be a baseball player. I remember, no, no. For real. He looks like a ba- Like, I remember that was actually in those days in Alfonso Soriano's prime. I was much more actually locked in on baseball. And he had one of the most unmistakable batting stances in all of baseball. Yes, yes. So and you would I'm, know who Alfonso Soriano is. And if I'm not mistaken, was he not uh, a lefty? He, did he hit switch or no? No, I think he just hit righty. He was? Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know. But I do know that Alfonso Soriano, especially because <laughs> back then is when I used to play the Major League Baseball video games, and I would trade for this dude and play, put him on my team all the time because he was so fast. Did you tell him that? And he was one of the great infielders. And uh, No, I did not tell him that. I didn't want to get into all of that. Anyway, he and his wife come up to the shuttle and they and they ask to get in and we greet them and everything. And he says, "Hi, I'm you know I'm, I don't want to try his accent. I'm Alfonso." Oh yeah, they're good, good enough. That was solid. That was strong. And I was like, "Hey, I'm Theo." And then we sit in the, in the shuttle. Better, better Theo than me with that. Yes, yes, yeah. And he and he is so he was so delightful, so happy, so energetic. They were talking to us about how. Um, they have a, a daughter that actually lives in Miami. Nice. They now live in Florida as well in the Tampa area. And he talked to us about how, like, yeah, they, they, they come here often. They go there for Valentine's Day specifically. So he, he was at this resort just for Valentine's Day with his wife. Yeah, there's levels okay, to this. Okay, yeah, sure. so he's just popping in. So he, he popped <laughs> in. We, we, I'll tell the story. Like, we took a shuttle uh, from the airport yeah. to the resort. Yeah. He rode in the Rolls Royce. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, like, there's no cars where our resort pocket right. is, all these different, you know, you know, houses and stuff, and there's one Rolls Royce right there and a bunch of golf carts. So there's definitely levels to this. And But the whole time he was just so nice, so gracious, asking about us, about our background. Um, when we got out of the shuttle to get to the place, there was this nice, like, very scenic, like, um, amphitheater out there in La Romana that was, like, so beautiful. 
So he and I took turns taking pictures uh, for each other's couple. So we took pictures of him and his That's wife. That's amazing. He is yeah. Theo's sitting there, and he's he's taking couple photos with Alfonso Soriano. Yes, and meanwhile, Ashley has no clue who the heck oh, this I'm guy sure is. She does, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure this man this man is nice. And I didn't. I'm wanna, sure that's Ashley. Yeah, she was just like, she's super nice. She loved yeah. his wife, loved yeah. him because they were so like you know gracious and kind and whatnot. And the whole time, I had to wait until me and her got alone at our dinner to explain like. Like, that dude's a, a freaking legend. This like, dude is a seven-time All-Star, finished third in the MVP voting in 2002. He, he had 39 home runs that year. Yes, yes. Like Jesus, man. And the best part of all of this is, so the night ends. Um, we don't see them again at night after dinner. Um, the next morning comes. We're checking out, about to leave. And as Sergio came back up to us to escort us out, he was like, oh, man, Alfonso's been asking about you guys. He wanted to know where you guys were at. He wanted to see if y'all can get drinks or get lunch or something like that. And I'm thinking like, that's sick. I did you, did I you link stay. up? Did you link up with Alfonso Soriano again? We didn't link up again because I was literally checking out and leaving. He told oh, me this as man. we were literally putting our suitcases on the show. I would have been like, you know, airport. maybe we can do another night. I was, if look, that means we can hang with Alfonso Soriano. For a chance to hang with Alfonso Soriano, I almost moved to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> All right. But like, <laughs> that's awesome. He was just great, amazing dude. You would have never known he was the, you know, multi-million dollar man. Um, and, and again, Other than the Rolls Royce. Other than the Rolls yeah, Royce. Yeah, yeah. But he was riding in the shuttle with us. The That's Rolls Royce stayed parked. Awesome. And, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So Theo, Theo on his honeymoon, he's, uh, let's just recap. Yeah. He gets married on Friday. He's in the Dominican Republic on Sunday, mm. starting his honeymoon at one of the great resorts. Mm. He watches the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and then he hangs out with Alfonso Soriano, and they're taking couples pictures together. You literally had, I'm almost, I almost feel bad like I'm tarnishing your life now, oh, because no. you had one of the single greatest, happiest weeks that any human being could have. You want to know how I know that Stone has no idea who Alfonso Soriano is and doesn't care about this story? It's because, <laughs> it's because... He didn't say a damn thing the entire time. Usually he'd be engaged, be like, oh, he that's knows sick. who Alfonso Soriano I don't know. What are you talking I think, about? I think that he probably doesn't have much of an understanding because he's a baby of how great Alfonso Soriano actually was. I have the same things as Theo in regards to playing with him yes. in a video game. Yes. Okay. Like, that's how I know Alfonso. Alfonso. That's who did he play Alfonso, for? He played for the Yanks. But who what did he play for that? before that? I don't know who he played before or after that. I only know him as the Yanks. The Yankees. Rangers, Cubs. I actually knew the Rangers. I actually knew the I Cubs. I know more too. as the Cubs as a Cubs guy. Yeah. Um that, that was when I like was most aware of Alfonso Soriano. He signed a huge contract with the Cubs. Is yeah. that is that what he was sporting which we have up on our That YouTube? was literally the yeah, that was the outfit. They haven't posted the pictures we took yet, but I think those are professional. Wait, is that what he was wearing? Yeah, that was it. What you're seeing right now on YouTube, that that's That's what they that's, were wearing, yep. Wow. How'd Alfon you get that photo? I mean, don't worry about it. It's me and me and Zoe tight. Th that's not the picture. That's not the picture we took. We yeah, were at yeah. like this big but, like. Yeah, did you go on Instagram and get that Alfonso Soriano picture? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh man, I feel creepy now. The dude is like a he's a he's built like a tank. Yeah, now, hell though. yeah. Hey, that's why he could hit for hit for power. But back then, <laughs> I thought like he was much he was much slimmer. Yeah, but he still uh, yeah. you didn't fully appreciate how big he was. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Theo Dorsey hanging out with Alfonso Soriano on his honeymoon. He's uh, When we come back, don't forget it's Friday, which means fair or unfair. Also. A prediction that I have absolutely nailed, and it was really easy to be quite honest if we're if we're being honest with one another. That's Theo, that's Stone. I'm Ken Levick at Theo and Stone, ESPN 1063.